I usually try to aim for like a, a, around an hour or so. Okay, perfect. Okay, so today's guest uh, on the on the podcast is Willie Shaw, who is a, a fellow videographer um, from Washington State. Is that right? Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> so how's it going up there? Uh, man, it's going good. It's going good. Uh, thanks for having me. Um, yeah, do videography. Uh, kind of started with photography. Fell in love with shooting videos of my family, and uh, been rocking with video ever since. Just like once I found out that's what I liked just dove into it mm-hmm. yeah i think i watched one of your videos where you mentioned about how you and your wife you wanted to make the leap into uh-huh. freelance photography right yes, yes and then throughout the process you kind of stumbled upon videography and you're exactly. like oh hey this is also pretty cool so that's like kind of your journey into the yeah. video space right yeah man so i you know, I was working a job. I was a manager for the Sprint store, which is like a cell phone company. Um, surprisingly, they got bought out uh, by T-Mobile. And so they don't even exist anymore. But uh, I thought I would be like a corporate guy. Like, I really believed uh, that I would maybe one day own a Sprint store. Like, uh, But definitely climbing up that corporate ladder was like my future. I knew for sure that's what I wanted. Um, and then... Uh, I remember, like, I would watch Gary Vee videos back in those days, and um, he was really heavy on, like, when, when, it, when, when everything changes in your life, like, show where your priorities. And I remember thinking, like, oh, sure, sure, sure. But that's exactly what happened. Like, once um, me and my wife got married and we had our first son, I instantly realized, like, whoa. I don't want to be this corporate guy anymore. I want to be uh, a father that can be there for my kids and like be involved in their day-to-day lives. And then it was like redesigning my life around them. How could I be there for them? I wanted to be the father that was there uh, because that's something I never had. And so uh, the journey began. And uh, I was already doing photography on the side. Uh, and it was just like a dream, right? Like maybe I could take this full time one day. Um, but then that turned into like, okay, well, if I don't do it now, I wouldn't regret it, and I'd rather try, and then worst case scenario, get another job, than be like, dang, I, like what would have been, what could have been, you know? Mm-hmm, yeah, because that's the hardest part for most people is that initial leap of faith, because you yeah. have so much fear of leaving a positive, I want to say a positive job, but more of like a stable job, a stable income for your family, to take like a leap mm-hmm. of faith into photography, which is full of unknowns like you have no idea how much money you're going to make in the beginning you have no idea if you're going to be successful or how you're going to find clients but that initial jump is always always so so difficult but um so how how long has it been since you took that initial leap of faith yeah so my son just turned five and he was about six months when i made the jump so uh it's been just under five years four and a half years yeah yeah it was um same thing right that like uh i often say that somebody's excuse is another person person's reason right so like the same reason why i, I could have been like oh i can't jump now i have a family it's the same reason it's like i need to jump now because i have a family and so uh it's just like one of those you got to do it or you're gonna forever just be thinking like oh, what if what if you know you can always get another job especially like in sales what i was doing is like well worst case scenario i can go work for the competition and like you know make yeah it work exactly out. it's interesting too because that you mentioned that you're a father because i'm also a new father um, congrats man congrats thanks bro <laughs> the dad life yeah uh, my daughter is uh 16 months yes and w- what i realize is my mindset as a human being and my priorities in my life instantaneously changed overnight. My needs as a human being are now superseded by the needs of my daughter. Mm. Like everything in my life now takes a backseat to her. And my priorities of, oh, I want to get a good corporate job to have a lot of money to buy things now becomes, oh, I want a job that's flexible, that has enough money to pay for my daughter's things. And you have this weird mentality shift towards focusing in on your family. And I think that's why I kind of resonated with you when I um, randomly stumbled upon um, some of your work. And I was like, okay, so this guy is a couple years ahead of me in in the dad life game. So maybe there's something I can learn. (laughs) Oh, man, of course, of course. Yeah, that's that's funny you say that because like like when I originally started... um, just in this uh, entrepreneurship and I was trying a bunch of different things like 
photography was the thing, but I also was doing like uh, click funnels and sales funnels and stuff like that, making websites, just really trying to figure it out. But I had this Facebook group called Dad Entrepreneurs. Uh, the podcast is still out there. Like you can still search and listen to it. And uh, it was just that exactly like wanting to connect with uh, fathers who are entrepreneurs. And like um, I had this little quote that I really thought was perfect. Uh, and it was just like, you have two jobs. One, be a dad to provide for your family. And it was just like those two core things. Like if we can focus on those, then we'll be okay. And uh, it was cool, man. I had about, you know, it wasn't too crazy big, like 150 people maybe in it. And um yeah, we just kind of helped each other out. And then, like all things, if you don't stay on top of it, it kind of fills it out. But uh, it was nice to have that, like, uh, tribe of people supporting me and uh, being able to help people in their endures as well. Mm-hmm, that's really good. Yeah. When you when you started, did you do the whole, like, um, wedding photography route or, like, music video route? Like, how did you start yeah, good question. your career? Um, so I never – yeah, so I – was really heavy into vlogging when I first started and not because I was absolutely in love with it, but I knew that that was the fastest way for me to learn like the basic techniques, really get comfortable with my camera uh, on the video aspect. I had already been uh, doing photography for quite some time and um, basically on a photo shoot, uh, like a family photo shoot or a maternity, I would also just swap it over to video and capture a couple of clips, um, put it together, and then that was just like additional bonus. Like my clients didn't know anything about it, but they got it. And I was really paying attention to their reaction. So uh, it became to, uh, it got to a point where they were like more excited about the video that I was giving them than the photos. (laughs) And I was like, okay, there's something here. Um, We live in kind of a small town. And so I, hey, Hey, buddy. That's my my son right there saying hi. <laughs> uh, both of them. Hey, buddy. You can't hear you. He said hi. He said hi. Yeah, and then little rounder. <laughs> hey, go ahead. Daddy's gonna finish this up. Go ahead. Daddy, we said get off of it so we can do something for it. Okay, we do that later. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Hi. 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 Yeah, these little guys are the reason, right? Hey. That's hey, awesome. Close, close the door behind you, okay? Thank you. Um, lost my train of thought there. No worries, bro. That's uh, life, man. Yeah, that, yeah. That's your life right there. Yeah, seriously. But, yeah, um, small town, people started taking notice of it because I was never shy about sharing because I knew, like, if one person likes this, I know this will be another person that likes it. And um, that formula just worked. Uh, I got hired off of a blog like they saw one of my vlogs and said hey maybe you can do this for a real estate company i worked for them for a year and then um basically i consider that my training because like i was okay at vlogs you know like back then i was like yeah i'm hot you know but like looking back (laughs) it's like yo that was complete it's just garbage but I i had to learn and um when i worked for this company like i mean we were doing i was doing like three shoots a day and like the agents were like, where's the video? Like the next day. So I was just like, yeah, slow down. Like I'm, you know, I'm working as fast as I can, but it was good to have that uh, push to really have to like go and create on demand. And, um, then I uh, left that job to take my videography business full time because I figured if I could do this for them, I know there's other, uh, real estate agents that will want it. And, um, I wanted to kind of scale it back because I knew like, obviously, what I went to do video when photography for was to be more available for my family. And so it was like, okay, what's the bare minimum? How much do I need to make? How many clients can I take on? And if I can do that, like with one client, like how much happier will I be? And, um, exactly what I did. I reached out to a couple of clients and had like a little, uh, bidding war, if you will, to see oh, like nice. who was the best fit. Yeah. And so I was just like, you know, I was just really thinking it through because I learned from my past mistakes. Like, I don't want to be doing a ton of work. I want to do, like, you know, great quality work, take my time on it, but also with somebody who I think uh, is going to be a long-term client. And um, it just worked out beautifully. That exact client I still work with today. Um, and then I have, like, I take on a ton of side projects still, right? You don't want to put all your eggs in one basket because yeah, if sure. something happens crazy, like, it, you know, it's like, oh, well. That was my only client. Um, and so, like, I work with the high school I graduated from. Like, they hired me for video projects. And, uh, yeah, it's just been an awesome journey. Wow, that's awesome. Wait, so how 
How have you been doing throughout all of the pandemic then? Like, were yeah. you still getting clients? Like, did, did, did things slow down? Like, how was that for you? Dude, that's a great question. I am so blessed that during the pandemic, I right before this, I had a, a great video job with my school. Um, and we did like seven, eight videos. And the last day that we filmed and finished was like the beginning of shutdown. And so uh, I got a decent sized check that let, lasted me through a good amount of months. Um, and you know, we weren't going anywhere eating out. So it was just like, okay, we're just home. Um, and then I uh, I did a personal, I do a lot of personal videos uh, because like my formula has been, personal video has always led to some paid opportunity, whether it's in the immediate future or well down the line. And so I made a video for a coffee company um, it's Fidalgo Coffee. <laughs> Shout out to Fidalgo Coffee if you're out there. Hey. And um, they like they loved it, and they were like, "Hey, maybe we'll work in the future someday." Uh, that came around 2020, uh, no pun intended. And um, they hired me to do coffee videos for like six months last year. Like, so I was basically like, "Okay, I'm getting low on this, um, Lord. What do you have for me next?" And then like the next day, they, they reached out and was like, "Hey, you want to do some coffee videos?" So I was yeah, going to yeah. their uh, warehouse once a week and just like shooting content with them once a week. And uh, yeah, it was a good time. Wow, that's amazing because I know so many people and fellow photographers and videographers who basically lost all their work. Yes. They lost like everything because a lot of these companies were forced to close because they weren't deemed an essential service, right? Yeah. So there's no way they have budget for a videographer anymore yeah. or a photographer. And I was always wondering like, how do full-time freelancers, how did they survive these past yes. couple of years? Because for me, I, I do it part-time mm-hmm. and, I, and I still keep a day job on the side. So, so I have flexibility yeah. right, with, with, with how I can earn, earn, earn some money, right? So even though I lost some of um, the gigs that I had, um, it didn't really affect me too much. But I was like, wow, what if, what if all of my income was coming from these videography jobs? Yeah. Like, what what would you do? You'd be screwed if you have a family or a mortgage yeah. or anything. Well, I think so of it, it's... oh yeah, well, so I think of like, I've thought of that and I think of it like, if that was the case, like y- you, when you become a father, you have this like thing embedded in you to become a provider. And like, it just goes like when, you know, with maybe your bank account's getting low and it starts to kind of fire back up or in, the, in that scenario, like you're about to lose your job because a pandemic happens and it's very unforeseen. Um, but I think you just figure out a way. Like, I just really believe that, uh, you know, when the cards are on the line like that, a uh, game is on the line, there's always another way. There's no, uh, there's always a, uh, something that just happens to come uh, and, whether that's within that career that you're currently in, or maybe it's uh, picking up a job or something like, there's there's just seems to always be a way out, even when it feels like there's no way out. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. true. the The way I usually think about that type of stuff, if you if you're putting in the work and you're putting yourself mm. out there, right? It's almost as if you're throwing darts at a dartboard. If yeah. you throw enough darts eventually one of them is going to stick right but yes. if you don't put yourself out there and keep trying and, and putting in the work then you're not going to get that outcome and it, and it sucks because i hear people say like oh you're so lucky that you got this mm. or oh yeah. you're so lucky you got yeah. that but like if you're putting in the work you're almost manufacturing your own self-made luck yes you know rather than just sitting back and waiting for something to happen right yes yes yeah because what is it um i don't even, i'm gonna butcher this thing but it's like uh luck isn't really luck it's just like uh preparation meets opportunity right and so like you know you you've been preparing for this and then so when the opportunity comes your way you're prepared i can tell you plenty of stories of opportunities that came my way and i just wasn't prepared but like the opportunities that come now it's like dang well you're so lucky it's like well realistically you know you're not watching me on the daily grind when i'm making these youtube videos when i'm reading these books to try to better understand like how can i be better in these other areas and like you know the video that i put out today was probably made in a day but it's really that four years of grind that led to that video that led to that client four years later uh okay i see wait you posted a video today 
No, no, I'm saying, for example, yeah. I usually oh, post every... Oh, yeah, No, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I usually post every Friday. Um, I went on a two-week road trip uh, with my family. It was absolutely amazing. Made it... Uh, I got. I recorded a ton, ton of video. Um, and I'll probably make some kind of, like, um, mini-series from it. That's what, kind of where my brain is going with it right now. Uh, but then on top of that, like, uh, Essentialism is so core to how I live my lifestyle now that I know that I want to do, like, you know keep what I have going. I want to do another essentialism video. So I have a couple in the, uh, in the queue that I'm going to be working on this week. Oh, that's good. Well, yeah. speaking of essentialism, that's actually how I stumbled upon your channel. Um, I can't remember what it was called. It, it was something like, uh, I think it had like a thousand views or something. Yeah, I'm getting up. It's getting there. It's, yeah, it's getting there. Man. You know the one I'm talking about, right? Yeah, because I have like two essentialist videos that like, like I mean, I have more than two, but there's two that continuously like bring people to me. Um, it's probably like becoming an essentialist video. I want to say it's probably oh, that. my essentialist journey. That was yeah. that was the one okay. that, I, yes. that I saw. Yeah. So so let me tell you the story how this happened. So I started reading this book, obviously by Greg McEwen, right? Yeah, I, I got it right here, man. I love that book. Oh, you have you have the the paperback, uh, paper, <laughs> and I got the audio book, man. I, I really do. I really do. It's right there. Oh, see, you're you're a true essentialist. I got yeah. it. I got the PDF on my phone. Oh, but, nothing wrong with that, man. <laughs> so, anyways, I was I was I've been reading it. I haven't finished it yet, and for whatever reason, um, I kind of got fatigue. From reading it and i wanted to just search up essentialism on youtube just to see what can come up right and i was just you know clicking a bunch of videos i like to watch videos from smaller creators not just like the big creators like you know like matt diavella or any of those big yeah. guys i kind of like enjoy the ones that have like less views yeah because then the person is kind of more authentic and relatable in a way and then when i watch your video i was like Okay, so this guy, he's he not just reading a book. He knows how to use a camera, mm. and that that's what triggered um, triggered me. I was like, okay, so you're, you're like a videographer. I, I can appreciate the storytelling and the cinematography that you put into the video, right? And that, that's kind of how it. I how I found you and wanted to reach out to you because I was like, okay, this guy sounds like he's into similar stuff um, as me because this is what I like to do. I like to you know learn about self development stuff and use my skills in filmmaking to tell a compelling story. Right. Yes. And share that on YouTube. Yes. That's awesome. Yeah, man. Um, yeah. So kind of, I, I think it might've been that video where I'm kind of explaining, um, I've been a, like, I watched, I was always into minimalism, but I, like I knew I couldn't fully take that on. Like, it resonated with me when it came out even before that i felt like i was always searching for something on those lines like uh you know before self-help books and like me actually reading them i always would be like man i like i, like, I love looking up random like philosophy quotes and like things that can uh you know you hear it one time and it's like well that really kind of changes like the way that i live and so uh, i was kind of like you man i was going through youtube one day uh or actually no, i was listening to matt davila's podcast the ground up show um, and uh, I consume like a ton of his content, man. And uh, <laughs> he is, uh, it was um, become an essentialist. He had uh, a podcast uh, hosted, was um, host, he's host. He had Greg McKinnon on, and I was just listening, and instantly, like, I listened to that podcast probably 30 times. Like, I oh, was wow. like, whoa, this resonates so strongly with me that. I need to like try to understand what this guy is saying because the idea of like owning less and like like I was like okay that makes sense I want to own less so that I can focus on what's important but I had never heard somebody talk about like just being eliminating uh, eliminating the trivial many and like really focusing on the vital few and like when I heard that I was like okay. I know what it's like to want to do everything and fall up short because you've tried to do too much. And uh, nobody ever sat me down and said, look, man, there's another way. Like, you can still have time to do, like, the fun, random things. But if you focus on what's important first, like, everything else will start to play out. And so, um, yeah, man, I, I read that book and it just completely changed how i did everything like from 
the ability to say no to people who ask me questions. Like I just had a buddy text me like, Hey man, uh, do you mind? Like maybe you can shoot a video for me. And I was oh, like, I hate yeah, those, you know, the magic question. And, uh, just like, bef- <laughs> you know, before I really think about like, okay, how can I make this work? And how, how can I tell him no? But now it's like, I'm to my core. I'm like, Hey, I just don't have the time. So it's just like, it's a very respectful back. Like, Hey man, thank you for reaching out. I would love this opportunity, but given my current circumstances with my current schedule with my family, my current personal projects I'm taking on and my work projects, as much as I want to say yes, I have to say no. However, here's somebody that might be interested. And so, uh, yeah, man, the book just completely changed, uh, my personal life, my business life. And, um, it's, it's a great book, man. I really, I really have enjoyed it. Oh yeah, for sure. I I'm getting a lot of value um, from it so far you know what really resonated with me in that book when it it was a very simple concept but it almost was huge in, into comparison with how it affected me it was if it's if it's not a hell yes then mm. it's a no dude right like if it's dude. not 100 percent something you want to do then by default you should it should just be a no yes. and i never thought of that because i always like oh, maybe this is good enough, so then I'll say yes. Or this seems like an okay opportunity, then you know I shouldn't pass it up. And it wasn't until I was like, okay, so I got to be all in on this decision. Or, or I should just say no to it. And that, and that idea of letting go of the sevens and eights mm. and only taking things that are nines or tens. Yes. That's what I've kind of got from it so far. And I find yes. it very interesting and beneficial to like my thought process so far and saying no to people right yeah just like the hey you want to shoot a video for me right right <laughs> and like um i mean how many times have you been booked for a like oh, i kind of want oh, sure i'll do this and then another opportunity arises and you're like like it's you know a great opportunity but then like a perfect opportunity happens you have to take the great one because you said yes to the perfect opportunity like that's happened to me so many times prior even still like i'm not perfect at it right but um it just like you're saying the ability to think for a minute like okay if it's not an absolute yes then it's a no and um it just changes man it changes your happiness especially with the video you know you know you're doing video work we're spending hours pouring in a lot of times to something and the passion that i have in the beginning like yeah it's going to start to dwindle over time but I need to be passionate about this project to see it through because I want you to get the best work that I can create. Um, but for you to get that, I have to be extremely into this. I have to be extremely passionate about what I'm doing um, because if I'm not, it's going to show. And uh, maybe they don't notice, but me in the back of my mind, I'm like, ah, could have been better, you know? Yeah, exactly. And, and I'm also kind of fortunate because I've met a lot of people who are way more successful than me that, that have given me some really good advice with past experiences in videography. Like mm-hmm. say, for example, I have a um, couple of friends that was, that were doing videography gigs for weddings. Right. And you know, like weddings, they pay, they pay pretty good, but it's an extreme amount of work, yeah. an extreme amount of time, you know, to dedicate towards doing videography or photography for a wedding. And um, my best friend is a full-time videographer and he does really well on YouTube. And he had, I think it was two weddings that he said yes to, yeah. but they weren't until like a year later, mm. right? But at the time, you know, it's like, oh, you know, the money is good. Um, the YouTube channel is doing all right. But then things started to really pick up for him. And now one year later, it's, it's getting time towards that wedding. And he's just like, man, why did I say yes to this? Yeah. Like, he, he has so much bigger things going on right now right in the moment that he's like he kind of taught me like hey when someone offers you some money to film a video don't just jump on it right away like take your time contemplate what they're offering how much time is going to cost you and when does it have to get done by and try to like make the best decision in the moment instead of defaulting immediately to yes right and this is what essentialism kind of talks about too it's how the it's it's like what you don't do is just as important as what you do do yes right like that yes. saying no it, it is very very important and I, i've been trying to improve this in my own life and, I, and i'm finding it very difficult because by default i am always you know a very accommodating person i always like to say yes to people i always like to do things and, and help out and now i'm like wow 
I say yes way too much and I'm trying to learn and trying to relearn my brain, you know, to say no to some of these situations, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it makes me think of like uh, another saying that kind of I'll probably butcher is like your, your heart knows before your mind does. And so like a lot of times when you get, you can kind of feel somebody telling you something, at least for myself, and I'll get this little jolt where it's like, oh, like this is a no, right? And like, uh, the times that I haven't listened and I just like went ahead and said yes, oh, I'm just miserable, you know, kind of like what you're saying. <laughs> and so the times that like, it's like, I don't even know, this sounds almost perfect, but something doesn't feel right. Okay, I'm going to go with the no. Um, and it's like, so, something else comes to light where it's like, man, I dodged a bullet, you know, or I'll see that they went with somebody else and I'll see the video and I'm like, oh yeah, I really dodged it. Like, this is nothing like what I would want to create. And so, uh, yeah, man, it's, uh, What's cool too is um, when it, when you do finish this book, there's a lot of other you know great books out there. But Greg did a second book. I'm not sure if you've seen it. It's called Effortless. No, came I haven't out, seen it. So this came out last month, and um, it really it picked up on something that I uh, kind of feel like I'm at this point where uh, what happens when you've eliminated the trivial mini, and it's still not enough. What happens when you are living the life of essentialist? When you are, uh, you've cut out all the extra. There's no more fat to trim, and you're still overwhelmed, and you're still feeling like there's not enough time. It's, you know, you could either get less sleep, work even harder, or you can figure out a way to do it easier, simplify it, make it effortless, and. Um, I, I haven't finished it yet, but same thing. I bought the physical book and I have the audio book. And what I really enjoyed about this book is, um, you know, Greg's really, um, how can I explain? He, he's really gotten good at, um, like, not trying to tell you what to do, uh, but does a good job of sharing stories that would make you be like, oh, like connect the dots for you. And then how, like, how can you apply that in your own life? Because um, I found like oh, there's a lot of things in essentialism that are like immediately applicable. Like you can immediately go and apply that. Um, but on a lot of other books that I've read, it doesn't have that same um, effect. It's like a lot of stuff that's like, oh, this is great in theory. But when I go out into the real world, how can I apply this? And so uh, both of his books have been really good in that. And um kind of the the thing that I really enjoyed was on his intro he's kind of discussing like um, you know all his wants and I resonated really heavy with it it was just like you know I wanted to be a good father and so I wanted to be able to provide and that meant I needed to go to work but I wanted to get, be a good employee and um, be a good you know business person so I had to stay late and I wanted and it's just all these wants right and so like eventually you know we can't do it all and we're going to burn out trying and um, you have to figure out something, right? Like either you keep going at it the way you're going and fail eventually, you know, cause you can some, and a lot of times it's sustainable, but not for the long term, and, or you could find an effortless way of doing it. And so, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, that's kind of where I'm at, like trying to figure out like, okay, how can I make uh, the essential things effortless now? Oh, that's so interesting. How to yeah. make the essential things effortless. Yeah. yeah, because if you do try to do everything all at once, man, like that burnout, like I've experienced that before yeah. too, like working a job, starting a YouTube channel, starting a podcast, having video, uh, videography gigs, like all these things simultaneously happening at the same time. It's almost impossible to keep up yeah. or put in a decent amount of effort into all of them, right? And it's almost as if like, you kind of need to create systems to, like you said, make them flow effortlessly for the things yeah. that really matter, right? And I'm still trying my best to figure all of this out. And er earlier you mentioned um, minimalism. And I actually had a very interesting opinion upon minimalism, which is kind of similar to you, where I heard about it. And I was like, okay, th this is kind of appealing. And I, I, I understand the concepts. You know, I, I, I can't agree with this. But then I was like, you know, my, my family, we, they were immigrants, right? And the immigrant mentality of you keep everything. Mm -hmm. Like at my grandfather's house, we had, you know, those, those coffee tins that were used that, you know, you just recycle them. 
we save them. They're they're in the workshop for screws and bolts. Yeah. Like we we saved everything and Saran wrapped our remote controls because you, you know like you know like that um like that immigrant mentality. Like yeah. What you have is it, it's so important to you because we came from nothing, yes. right? And yes. now all of a sudden it's like oh throw everything out, and I'm like well shit is my parents gonna beat me or something like, yeah like yeah. what do you mean throw everything out right so, so that's why minimalism it can it kind of didn't vibe with me mm. and, I, and i was always searching for something else something similar but different and yeah. i think that's what essentialism kind of is but i'm still trying trying to work it out in my mind you know like is this part of my identity is this something like minimalism that appeals to me but maybe it's not maybe it doesn't apply to my life and I, you know i'm still trying to work yeah. out all, all the the bugs and kinks in there, but yeah. um, I'll definitely check out the effortless book. That sounds uh, that sounds amazing. Oh man, seriously, um, yeah, man. I think I mean coming from somebody who, um, like I said, it just instantly resonated with me. It's like uh, Greg had this quote in um, his podcast with Matt, and he said, "You know, the key is becoming an essentialist before you're forced to become an essentialist before you have to." And he doesn't really like diving into why he said that, but I played, you know, like I said, I played it so many times that I really thought about that. And it's like, if, if you can know what's essential in your life and you can get that figured out early and you can figure out a way to do those things, when other things arise, you already have that system in play. You're already be able to say, well, like, this is the thing. You know, it's that one decision that I've already made that takes care of the rest of them. Um, the decision to become a videographer took care of my job searching to where I don't jump at every opportunity. It's like, well, no, I just do video stuff. Um, you know, the decision to become a lawyer means that the classes and things you go to school for are, are going to be in alignment with that. By default, it's going to eliminate a lot of other decisions. And so, um, yeah, the idea of like, like kind of like you're saying, like, um, how minimalist kind of resonated, but it was like kind of those areas that were kind of all over the place. Um, at the end of my video, I remember I said, um, now I don't think everybody needs to take on essentialism, but I do believe essentialism, like there are some things that you can take from it. And now I'm kind of the opposite. I think that everybody should have uh, an understanding of essentialism because like, and this I could be completely wrong. I might look back on this in a year from now and be like, I don't know what I was saying. But <laughs> that's okay. No regrets, bro. Right? Yeah. It just seems. No um, from my experience, um, life doesn't seem to be get, getting any easier. It doesn't be, seem to be getting any slower. Uh, the options are abundant, and our ability to um, be over uh, have paralysis analysis with decisions is getting completely just crazy, and so. Um, if you don't have like that core, like, okay, I know what I'm here for. I'm going to do that job. And then you have fun with the rest. Then it becomes that opposite, right? The idea, like, uh, the two jars of, um, two jars where you put the rocks in and the big rocks represent your life and the important things, small rocks make represent like, uh, like the semi-important things. And then the sand represents like the non-essential. And then if you were to fill that jar up with sand first, the non-essentials, there's not going to be room for the bigger rocks. But if you did the opposite, you fill up the jar with the bigger rocks, you can pour the sand and stuff in. And so it's that idea of like taking care of what's important first and you will always have time for the not essential. And so that's just, those are my, those are my thoughts on it. No, no, that's great. That I like the analogy of the jar with the, with the sand. See, like the, the way that I've set up my life right now is um, <clears throat> I would like to get to a point where you are, where like, content creation and videography is the career where it's like the path where all my income you know comes from because this is something that i love to do but at the same time i'm kind of like i'm only two years in um with cameras i started in 2019 so i'm trying to take a realistic approach where okay how how much how better can i really get in two years even if i put 40 hours a week that's four thousand hours you know, I, I definitely am a lot better with the camera, but, you know, I'm nowhere near where I would like to be. So I kind of just kept the job for now, right? Yeah. It makes a decent amount. It can cover bills and whatever, and I don't have to really worry about it. And then the YouTube channel, 
is all about things that I love to do. Yes. It's just I, I'll just do things that I love and that, that, that I'm passionate about and that, and that I enjoy. And then I had the gigs on the side to pay. F- I used that money to pay for lenses and gear. And yeah. that was the only reason for the gigs. And then the podcast was my intended way to give back mm. and look for creators that I could talk to and try to promote their work. Like on this podcast that I do, I, I don't self-promote anyway I, li- I like to promote other people and learn from other people right so what i did is i set up these four specific things where i know exactly what purpose each one has right yeah. and the, the biggest problem that i find in, in regular society is when you ask people what do you really want in life mm. they have no idea they, they have no idea what they want if they don't know what they want they have no, no idea how to create a system and how to get there yes. and they just work because oh i just I might as well just keep working because there's yeah. nothing else better out there. And you don't have direction in your life, right? Mm. And I'm, I'm trying to apply all these different concepts like, okay, maybe some things in minimalism are pretty cool, like wearing plain shirts. So I bought a sh- ton of these boring plain shirts yeah. and threw out all my N1, Nike, all that nonsense, right? So, okay, that's cool. But throwing away all my stuff uh, okay no maybe that doesn't work so i'll, I'll leave that on on the, on the side right yeah and now i'm kind of like picking and choosing oh, yeah. all these ideas and concepts and creating my own personal essential life if if that makes any sense oh, yeah. or at least that's no, my goal no i i think like exactly what you're saying is exactly what i've done as well it's like um when it comes to like minimalism exactly the same i wear all black like my closet <laughs> is pretty much there's no thought into clothing and so i think um it's like i think you said it so well it's like i'm an essentialist and a minimalist but i've only picked certain things from minimalism that i felt would be um not only beneficial to my life but also like realistic and achievable and kind of like you're saying like when you uh, when you come from nothing, you come from, um, you know, very low, it's very difficult to completely reverse your psychology on attachment to things. And so it's like, well, yeah, I could get rid of everything, but it's not only do these things have a story to tell, um, but I also have this attachment to it because, you know, if not only can I recall times wanting that kind of stuff and not being able to afford it, but also just like, it's being able to look back and be like, dang, like, I remember when I can't, you know, like, it feels good to have that. And even though it, to some, it might be like, oh, that's superficial, you don't need that. But it's like, well, if you haven't walked that journey, it's kind of hard to explain. And so, yeah, I mean, I think that's uh, a cool way of looking at it, kind of uh, picking and choosing the things that are going to, you know, ultimately benefit you and create that lifestyle that you want, you know. Yeah, like if you want to, sure. you know, you, I'm assuming, uh, because you make videos and because you're on YouTube, uh, like myself, like my ideal life would be a YouTuber. I would be able to create content based off of what I like, um, you know, have a community of people that resonate with it and um, kind of help me to push myself along. But also I'm helping those people who are maybe just a page or two behind me to be like, hey, uh, here's how I got here. Let me pull you up and get you there. Yeah, exactly. Another big thing on that I like about YouTube is like, you can kind of share your past experiences in a non-obnoxious way. Like, you know when you go to, like, a corporate job and then you kind of talk to, like, your coworkers or talk to whoever, there's always this this weird conversation that comes up where you should do this, right? You should buy a house. Renting is wasting money. You should eat this. You should not eat. It's always like you should do this. And it's Mm. always this weird, narrow mindset where people... have this opinion where you should do what they do and you shouldn't consider all possibilities and another reason why i don't like the minimalism thing like i don't want to be locked in where my identity is a minimalist Mm. you know what i mean like i don't want to be like uh some guy who's team i don't know republican or democrat then you can't change your mind or i don't want to be some guy that's some i don't know android or apple like you know how we have this this team mentality yeah, yeah. especially in north america it's like you got to pick one or the other and i'm always like well 
why, right? Well, what if what if Android makes an amazing phone next year? Then maybe, wouldn't I want to switch? And then what if yeah. Apple steps their game up? Then wouldn't I want to? Like, why does it have to be Team Xbox or Team PlayStation? This like narrow mindset where you're not able to change your mind, and that kind of it kind of drives me crazy because when I post stuff on YouTube, I'm I'm very careful with not telling people what to do. And I always go, hey, this is what I'm going through. This is what I'm trying. You know, if it's if it's intermittent fasting or cold showers or wearing a life uniform, these are things that I'm trying. And I'm hoping maybe you can gain something from my perspective and then add yeah. it to your life. But if you don't and you disagree with it, then that's cool. Totally that's fine. perfectly yeah. fine. That, that That is not my intention with a YouTube channel. I, I like to be able to share ideas and not get boxed into these teams that we have set up in society. And I just wish there was a way you could get away with that, right? Without being called like a flip-flopper or yeah. whatever people call you, right? You know? Yeah, yeah. No, I, I hear you, man. I think like um, there's this thing that I kind of keep in my head. And it gives me like that permission to be okay with changing. And it's basically when the circumstances change, I change my mind. And that just, for me, it's been like something I literally tell myself time and time again. And sometimes it's like frustrating for my family or my wife. Well, she'd be like, well, you said you want to do this. I'm like, well, the circumstances has changed, so I changed my mind. And like, it's almost like my easy pass, but it, it's worked. And it's just like, at this point, what was serving me, served me for that time. And if it's not served me in the future, I shouldn't keep with it strictly because well, this is how we've always done things, right? Or I've always had this kind of, um, you know, I've always had an iPhone, so now I just keep iPhone. Um, and so, yeah, man, you're right, though. That, that like, uh, mentality of, like, pick, choose a side and stick with it is insane. Uh, especially, like, using the cell phone example, because I did work in a phone store, like, it, people who would come in, and they'd be like, I want an iPhone. And be like, well, <laughs> let me... Are you sure? Like, <laughs> the stuff you're describing sounds like you might be better off with Android. And you know, uh, this is the early days. Like, I mean, I started. I was I was working when the iPhone four came out, and I left when the iPhone seven was out. And so that's kind of the range of technology that I was in. And it was cool mm -hmm. to see like the shift. But I remember like uh, trying to change into people's minds to be like, hey, like this phone. It's going to be better, blah, blah, blah. And it was like, no, man. Like, I know what I want. Like, my mind is made up. And it's like, all right, whatever. Yeah, exactly. And, and yeah. you see that, too, with when it comes to um, camera gear. Like, I used Dude. to shoot with uh, Micro Four Thirds and Panasonic. Dude. And then I sold everything <laughs> and I, and I uh, switched to Sony. Right? Yeah. And then people Michael are like... Four Thirds is back. <laughs> and it's like, oh, well, you switch to Sony? I'm like, yeah. It's like, oh, did you get full frame? I'm like, no, I got APS-C. They're like, oh, why would you do that? It's Sony, only full frame is the best. Or, oh, you want to do photography? You have to go Canon. I'm like, what is this you have to do? Yeah. Like, where does this come from? It's like, even weird. Like, the, like, it doesn't make sense, right? The mentality from people who aren't even in the industry, you know? It's like, do you <laughs> like people will be like, you shoot Canon? So, no, I shoot Sony because I shoot Sony as well. And it's like, oh, you oh. do? Okay, there we go. Team Sony, bro. Yeah, since day one, <laughs> man. Like I used to, I used to shoot on a Sony uh, Alpha seventy seven Mark II. I still have it in the closet. Oh um, wow! And like this thing, I mean, even when I went full time, I didn't have like a full frame. I was shooting APS. Like the lies people will tell you. No client ever asks me like, "Hey, is this camera full frame?" Like it just never happened. It's just they wanted the product, and so. Uh, all that to say, do whatever you want because there's always going to be some naysayer trying to tell you how you should do it. At the end of the day, you know, it's us who are living our lives. And if we're not happy with the choices that we make, we can deal with that. But if I'm not happy with the choice that somebody else gave me and I had to, like, felt forced to take it, I mean, I still got to deal with it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and even the thing about the, the camera gear, a lot of times if you tell a client, hey, I got a Sony a7S three with the 24 to 70 f 2.8 g master lens they're gonna be like okay yeah, does it take good pictures means. like they don't yeah. know they don't care yeah. right so like why should you obsess so much about that the only the only time where you, you do need to kind of obsess about your cameras you need to learn how to use it yeah like i've had people um ask ask before like oh you know what settings you're using and it's like you know my first time doing a gig oh, yeah. i'm on auto <laughs> <laughs> and then it gets kind of embarrassing yeah. so you're better off 
learning what you got instead of like concentrating on like what you don't have right yeah. and that's why with with the sony's i was okay i'm making videos for youtube and i'm doing like these podcasts right like a sony a6500 that's Great. more than enough for Great like camera. what i'm doing like for yeah. youtube oh, that's yeah. like fine like, i'm not doing big budget weddings or anything like just youtube like yeah. that's good enough for me so i look at the a7s3 or the, the sony a1 and i'm like Man, I would love to have that. You know, the quality is amazing. The full frame is so cool. But like, do do I really need that for YouTube? For just yeah. for YouTube? And it's like, I probably don't, right? So I'm yeah. just like, I'm gonna stay with my little. I have it right here, my little A6500. Yeah, keep with it. <laughs> keep with it. What you got on the 85? Uh, this is the 10 to 18. 10 to 18. The, the wide. Yeah. The nice. wide lens. That's that. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, you speak my language, man. I can. I could go on and on about cameras and just like how people try to push their things on you, and even your, like even yourself sometimes, like oh, I'd like uh, it's this idea that like oh, if I just had that, you know, this is what I'm missing. I'm just missing that thing. It's like like you said, no, you're missing like you don't actually know until your gear is the thing holding you back. You should never upgrade. That's how I picture. Like until I can like the thing I'm trying to do cannot be achieved because. Like, the technology in my hands is just fully incapable and not because, like, I just haven't learned it yet. Then I'm just going to stick with it. And, like, I was recently looking at a new camera and then I just had that thought again, like, no, like, you haven't, like, you haven't even full, reached the full potential of this one yet. Like, don't go. It's not going to fix the problems. You're going to have new problems with that camera. Uh, so just keep pushing through it. Um, it makes me think of this, like, uh, quote, that I heard that I really, I, I think I said this like three times now, but I really resonated with it because um, in our society it's like, you know, we got to be posting, got to be on Instagram, got to be on social media, and that's how you're going to get your break, and that's where you're going to be discovered. And um, it was like, I'm done believing in the idea that what's missing from our work is it being seen by the right person at the right time. And I'm more so being okay with the idea that the thing missing from our work is that is the quality of my work and that's what i should be focusing on and so i think of that um i recently did a video about how i've switched up how i use social media i have a detox um and basically i only go on social media on fridays and that's because um when i'm when i am not disciplined with it i'm just wasting all my time on it any extra time i have i'm scrolling and so i found that like when i am on it once a week it serves exactly what it need to be an outlet for me to say hey this was going on in my life let me share something creative with you and this is my latest youtube video and it's been a, a form of that it's been pretty awesome i like it and i get my time back oh yeah that, that that especially the social media stuff that that's huge because like so many people have that same problem with just scrolling through instagram or scrolling through tiktok because it's so it's like right here it's just right in the palm of your hands you have yeah. infinite amount of entertainment with just a, a thumb like yeah. just your thumb swipes up and you have hours of like really high quality entertainment entertaining content on there and it's like yeah. man after watching that documentary the social dilemma i feel like a lot of people are more aware about you know their social media addictions and yeah. you know the amount of time they use and especially myself i really noticed i was overusing it when i started getting these messages halfway through the month like oh you've used up all your data this month for the next you know 11 days you have no yeah. data and i'm oh, like man. what how and then i check my phone and it's like instagram used four gigs yeah. like, i use four gigs on instagram for what pictures yeah. just sw swiping through that's so crazy right yeah. and that's yeah, when man. i was like okay i need to i need to not eliminate it because i feel like it's still important for what i want to do oh, yeah. but i need to do a better job at controlling it and being more responsible with with my social media use yeah. even though i'm not perfect with it but this is something i'm still very aware of yeah. and you know i'll catch myself oh you know i'm sitting on the couch scrolling through my phone or oh, my daughter's right there I, I could be playing with her yes, yes. Why, why do i have to look at you know lebron james and kevin durant highlights like yeah. is that what's really important for me to look at right now and so there's times where i'll catch myself and i'll just okay just just put the stupid phone away yeah, just yeah. put it away you know and concentrate on the things in your life that, that are really important that are real yeah. that are that are tangible and in front of you right and i feel like this is a battle that you know i'm probably gonna have 
for the rest of my life, I'm assuming that the way in which technology keeps increasing and also the fact that, you know, I'm on these social media platforms. So I need to be very careful and aware of my of my use right, and how I spend my time. And it's definitely tricky. It, it's not easy, man. Like when people say, oh, it's easy to just go through a social media detox. Like it's not like it, it's yeah. hard. It, yeah. It's very hard to not to not pick up your phone. Right. Yeah. Yeah, man. And what, um, yeah, I made a video about a 30 day detox that I've done and that was great. But, uh, what you said, um, like that, uh, it's like a, something I, I think it's in essentialism too, where I got this idea and it was like, is this the most important use of my time? And if it's not, what should I be doing? And so like that, just the fact that you're even thinking of that when you're scrolling and then like, it's like, whoa, like, like you know i see my siblings my friends like they don't have that awareness of like they just keep going but like you know maybe it's like becoming a father uh, maybe it's a combination of essentialism or maybe it's just like we as humanity know that like the things aren't really serving us the way that they have been sold to be right and so like um the that idea of like this is important what is important is my family what is important is spending time with them and like yeah man that's i resonate with that oh let's see my door yeah no worries bro hey okay wait you can close it oh okay cool okay forget stuff that was a dad life it was like it was like <laughs> coming in on um, no worries man no worries I, I know i know what that's all about yeah oh yeah the the, so, the social media thing i have this um i don't know if it's a knowledge analogy but the way i view social media is that i kind of view it like fast food mm. it's like this thing that is so accessible and easy to consume yeah. that it just puts you in a trance without you even noticing it like you can just drive right now get in your car you're sitting Drive into like a McDonald's drive-thru, order like 2,000 calories of food that's like probably tastes delicious and that you that's like you can just eat it you know, like in like two minutes or five minutes or whatever. And you don't even really like think about it because it's so comfortable. And I feel like social media is almost like the same. And it's yeah. just it's so accessible. It's so entertaining. It's, it's so easy just to just consume that like shitty material or food or whatever where... I think of it like, man, this is like picking up a Big Mac or something. It's like I'm poisoning myself. But so many people are just like, oh, it's, it's so nice. It's so entertaining. It's so comforting. And, and they don't even stop to think about what they're doing. Right. Yeah. And so I'm, 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 and I'm a person that I've really cleaned up my diet in the past couple of years. You know, I eliminated a whole bunch of like shitty foods and, I, and I've in, increased my energy and just like the way I feel like tenfold. Right. Yeah. And I'm like, okay. Will that do the same for my mental health if I control my cell phone addiction, right? So that's kind of like, there's like this weird bridge between shitty food and social media that I've kind of created where that's how I think about it, right? I I think about like fast uh, food affecting my physical and social media affecting my mental. Have you done a detox? Like, have you done a social media, like, just like try to do like, um, like, you know, I think of like not throwing the baby with the bath water, right? Not throwing the baby out with the bath water. Like, but just be like, okay, I'm going to be deliberately like not on, not at all, 30 days. Um, Nothing that strict, no. I've, I've set rules for myself, like yeah. no more phones after a certain time, yeah. like after dinner, then I just put it away, charge it, and then leave it behind my bed or whatever. Yeah. But anything strictly, a strict detox, I haven't done yet, or I haven't attempted, Oh man, to be honest. No, no, that's, that's great, dude. Like, when I... Like what you're saying, it's so hard. And I'm not saying like I'm perfect because like, no, not at all. But when I did do it that one time, this is already a year ago. Cause I've been, it's been on my mind. Like, man, I didn't really do that again. Um, kind of like the reason I even brought it up is because like you're saying, like not having fast food example, and you feel a lot better, you feel healthier, you feel lighter, um, more energy. The amount of mental clarity that I had was like equivalent to the, now this isn't like, sounds like I'm flexing or something, but I drink a lot of coffee, <laughs> but then I went no coffee for 30 days, and that was oh, my next video. And like, that's rough. The, it was horrible. Like, I, it was literally <laughs> the worst for the first two weeks. Had the worst headache, and I was just like, oh, I'm such an idiot. I should never did this. And I didn't, I just cold turkey it. And I had, um, I mean, it's probably like three years of coffee every day. And 
the amount of clarity that I had once I was over, like once that time was over, was like whoa, like this is insane. And so same as when I was um, that, like once I got rid of like that, um, you know, that twitch or that like feeling of like I need to go check. Once that was gone, like my ability to focus was like tenfold. Like doing tasks and being able to sit and do one thing from start to finish without a single like distraction I was just like whoa I can get so much more done in a day and so that's what encouraged like it took me a long time to figure out like maybe because it's for a while it was like okay either cold turkey nothing for a week or social media every day and I'm just like wasting my life and so uh, I found for me having that every Friday permission to be like okay it's Friday um, I know kind of how I'm going to use it and even if I overdo it for that one day, it's just that one day, and then I'm back off. And so, um, yeah, the amount of, like, very similar to the lightness that you feel from being healthy is, like, how my brain feels when I take that. Uh, and the first three days are usually, like, sucky. It's, like, three days of, like, oh, I kind of want to do it. But then after that, it's, like, okay, well, I don't even have that habit anymore. Like, it's funny how easily my hands go from, like, not going to the social media apps to audible right because that's how i read all my books it's just like every like i still have this edge to learn or be like consuming something but it 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 goes to something that i feel really benefits me so instead of like uh checking uh social media it's kind of weird because i'll replace it with something else so like it will if i first do social media then like i realized i was on my phone for emails and i know like there's no reason i don't even care about my emails but i would be on there like searching like it was social media so then i took email notifications completely off my phone and then like after that it was like uh google news so they had to take google off my phone like oh. i was just re- like for a while I, I i didn't even realize it when it was happening but i was replacing that social media like habit addiction with just anything that i could consume and then so once i finally got rid of that um it was like okay this makes sense like delete the stuff that has been causing problems and then i can focus on the things and yeah man i'd, I'd sit down and like edit a video and, like like well that was way faster like just completely in the zone and um <laughs> i don't know where i was going but yeah like the mental clarity, yeah there's like no distractions yeah right? the mental clarity is something that um makes me think of like uh uh the older generation and how uh, they typically do have an ability to focus better than we do, right? Like, um, just being able to put your head down, get a task done, and not look up until that task complete. And so, um, I'm, I'm constantly kind of dancing between that world of like, um, still want to not completely lose my online presence, um, but also like being present. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I noticed that too with like, my father, for example, like when, when I go see my dad, he's if he's cooking dinner, he's cooking dinner. Yeah. If he's watching TV, he's watching TV. But when, when I'm there, I'm watching TV. I'm on my phone. I'm playing with the dog. I'm on computer. Like everything has to be like this crazy multitasking, yeah. super productivity mindset. And I'm always like juggling four different things all at the same time. Whereas I look at my dad and he's just like chilling out you know cutting up some carrots or something or he's outside you know he's, he's, just he's focused on the task and he's ha- just yeah happy. he's just happy right yeah and he's locked in and engaged with what he's doing in front of him whereas me my attention is kind of like all over the place it's like i'm thinking about this and that and i'm oh maybe i should edit this video and then oh what's on tv or and then there's just too much clutter in my mind yeah. all at the same time right and i feel like man like the I wouldn't want to blame it on technology, but at the same time, you have to realize like our parents grew up in a very different time too, right? Oh, so, yeah. so they're used to that very you know simplistic way of living where they don't have to deal with all the social media nonsense like us. But I, I don't want to use that as an excuse, but I want to try to figure out like how can I use all these things responsibly? Because I do feel that you know social media is a valuable tool if, if you can use it in the right way. But it's just figuring out a system where you can use it responsibly. It's a lot harder than I ever thought. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, that technology makes a great servant and a poor master. It's just like oh. so true. <laughs> so true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. I mean, we, um, yeah, we can, we can really dive in to this idea that's like, 
Well, it's good because it's serving me, you know, it's like I know I'm getting something from it, but then it's like, when does the scale get tipped into the direction where you are now not getting what it was promised or getting like the value that you were getting in the beginning? And that could be anything, right? YouTube is a good example for me where it's like, in the beginning, when I was starting my filmmaking career, I had to spend time on YouTube. Um, at least I told myself that. And it was because I wanted to make sure I could get information. And then in, in exchange, um, i just continuously be on it. Say hi. Yeah. And um, now it's like, okay, well, how can I get what I need from that and then get off? And that's like usually my mindset. I'm not perfect at it, um, especially with like shorts and other short uh, consuming things where the time can pass really fast because you're consuming so much so rapidly. Um, but yeah, I'm, uh, I don't, like you're saying, I don't know if technology is to blame or if it's just feeding a, uh, a like a trait that we have as humans that if it wasn't technology, it'd be something else, right? Like, it would be the newspaper, it would be a book, it would be, like, we would be putting it somewhere, but not, maybe not to the extent that we do now. Yeah, babe. What? Oh, yeah. Y'all good? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you ever have to go, just let me know, bro. No worries. Yeah, yeah. We're probably like fifteen minutes or so. Okay, that's cool. Um, oh yeah, you know the the YouTube thing uh, that you were talking about. Re- recently, I went through all the channels that I was subscribed to, and then I asked myself. Which of one, which of these do I watch for education, and which ones do I watch for entertainment? Mm-hmm. And what I did was I unsubscribed to a ton of channels that were kind of like Mr. Beast, where yeah. you just watch it for entertainment. You're not really watching it to learn anything. Yeah, and yeah. I didn't delete all of them, or I, d- I didn't subs- unsubscribe to all of them, but I, re- I removed a lot of them from my subscription feed, so I stopped getting those notifications because... I do believe that YouTube is an amazing tool, especially for videographers to learn editing techniques, you know, to learn, you know, just to learn things, right, to get more educated. And what I noticed for myself was, you know, following these people like, you know, like Casey Neistat or Peter McKinnon, like I'm watching them for the entertainment value because, you know, their content is so appealing, right? But I'm not learning anything from them anymore like i know peter mckinnon he does have those like two minute tuesdays and you know some of those tutorial videos but it's like not this yeah it's like not the same anymore now i just watched him for like the celebrity that he is right and it's like oh i gotta you know it's time to to jump off that bandwagon (laughs) yeah um yeah i think of it like this like you you got what you needed from them right like there was that time where it's like okay i'm consuming because like maybe it's inspiring or maybe you're like you're subconsciously learning how they work their videos out but then after that it's like okay i'm still subscribed and now it's become like i've watched him to learn but now i've kind of like i like their personalities now i watch for entertainment but then it gets to that point like you're saying where it's like hmm well i don't think there's it's again is it serving me the way that it was in the beginning and if the scale has been tipped now it's time to reassess it he went out that way but go ahead buddy he was in here with me. <laughs> I, should, I probably should have told her that I had him. That's the, that's like the <laughs> number one thing for how things get messed up. It's like if I always think um, if we go to the park together, yeah. When we're together at the park, it's like oh, I thought you were watching him. Oh, I thought you were watching him. But if I go by myself, it's like oh, I'm watching him. If she goes by herself, oh, I'm watching him. And so we always talk about like well, we always just assume that one of them are watching him, and then it's like well, nobody's watching him. Yeah, 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 that's true. The, the, the struggles of parenthood, bro. Yeah, man, dad life. Don't worry, I, 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 respect, uh, I, re- I respect the game, man. It's, it's definitely not easy. Oh, you know, not And I'm all. learning along, you know, as I go. You know, I'm still learning how to be a, you know, a good father. Yeah, I think, that's, I think that's it. I think it's just like the willingness to say, okay, I think I'm always going to be learning. I don't think there's ever a stage where I'm like, huh, I got this fatherhood thing figured out. Like, I think once I get there, it's like, well... My kids might have something otherwise to say, like, hey, you got a lot to learn. Mm-hmm. You, you know what's crazy? How fast they adapt to technology. Oh, like, man. We, my, my wife the other day was looking through her, her iPhone, and all of a sudden she had 100 pictures of, like, the couch. And we were like, what the hell is that? <laughs> and then all of a sudden it turned into two little feet. 
And we were like, oh, my God. Tiffany was taking pictures of yes. her feet. And and I'm like, how? how? How did you know how to do that? Like, that's so crazy. Obviously, it was like, you know, by chance. It was probably super random. She just happened to unlock it. Yeah. But, but still, I see her. She's like going like this on the screen, like swiping. Yeah, they understand. I'm like, it, man. wow, that's insane, man. Yeah. That's so crazy. Yeah, man. You, you're speaking my language, man. Especially, like I said, working in the phone industry and like this conversation, exactly what you're saying now is something I had plenty of times where it's like, you don't got to teach them. Like, they observe, they can watch you do it probably once, even twice, like probably more than that, but that's all they really need. And they got to figure it out, like, okay, this is like, this is how you do that. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's true. Well, hey, bro, this was uh, an awesome chat. Let's let's uh, wrap up this pod. Um, yes. w- uh, tell the people where they, they can see your work, your website, yeah. YouTube, Instagram, all that. Yeah, so Instagram is kind of where, um, like, my creative uh, photos will basically live. And that's just Instagram.com. Uh, my handle is Willie Shaw, W-I-L-L-I-E-S-H-A-W. And um, on YouTube, same thing, Willie Shaw. And that's where um, just trying to live a more meaningful life. And I'm just practicing and documenting and constantly trying new things. Uh, essentialism is kind of the core. Um, that life is kind of like why essentialism is the core and everything in between. Well, awesome, bro. All right. Thanks for doing this uh, pod, man. It was great. You know, best of luck to everything in the future and uh, keep being a good father, man. Hey, likewise, (laughs) man. I appreciate you having me, man. And uh, I look forward to seeing your stuff. Yeah, anytime, dude. Yeah, take care, man. All right. Take it easy.